0: remain standing and um, in your bulletins we're going to read a scripture compilation Um, it's on the back page of the announcements the Lord said to Samuel do not look at his appearance or at the height of his stature because I have rejected him for God sees not as man sees for man looks at the outward appearance but God looks at the heart For I will show the holiness of my great name, which has been profaned among the nations, the name you have profaned among them. Then the nations nations will know that I am the Lord, declares the sovereign Lord, when I show myself holy through you before their eyes. For I will take you out of the nations. I will gather you from all of the countries and bring you back into your own land. For I will sprinkle clean water on you and you will be clean i will cleanse you from all of your impurities and from all of your idols i will give you a new heart and put a new spirit in you i will will remove from you your heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh i will put my spirit in you and move you to follow my decrees and be careful to keep my laws for the word of god is living and active Sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the division of soul and spirit, of joints and of marrow, and discerning the thoughts and intentions of the heart. The good of man brings the good things out of the good that is stored up in his heart. And the evil man brings evil things out of the evil that is stored up in his heart. For out of the abundance of the heart, the the mouth speaks. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new... The new creation has come, the old has gone, and the new is here. So trust in the Lord with all your heart. And do not lean on your own understanding in all of your ways. Acknowledge Him, and He will make your paths straight. For neither circumcision counts for anything, nor uncircumcision, but a new creation. So, create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be God. Thank you. You may be seated. The greatest miracle, the greatest miracle, we've all experienced miracles in some form or fashion. It could be even from last week. We talked about our junk drawers. I showed you our junk drawer, and guess what? Our junk drawer is clean this week. So, we want to talk about miracles? Boom! Who else? Let me ask. Who else even thought about? Or maybe you did. Did you clean out your junk drawer? Did? did, you, did you, you, well, if you didn't clean out your junk drawer, I'm sure you didn't clean out your junk closet or your junk building in the backyard or anything else. <laughs> But really, the miraculous, Um, we are. We're going to talk about the greatest miracle today. And there are miracles. There are miracles everywhere. There are miracles that that we experience, things that we've seen. I had another miracle happen yesterday. You want to hear it? I got a check in the mail. Okay, that's a miracle, right? Here's the miraculous part. So we, we traded in our vehicles to get our van. Okay, we traded in two vehicles to get a van. The check was from the dealership that we traded our vehicles into because they got so much money for the vehicles that we traded in, they sent us a part of their profit. There is a God. Has anybody else ever heard of that? No, me either. I opened it up and I'm like, you have got to be kidding. And a handwritten note, sticky note on the check. We got more than we expected. Here's part of the prophets. Amazing, isn't it? That goes a long way, doesn't it, Phil? It's amazing, isn't it? But we have, we we experience miracles. We understand what miracles, that miracles have happened. We have a whole Bible full of miracles. From the point of creation to Moses, the parting of the Red Sea, the manna that fell from heaven to the children of Israel and it continues and it goes on things that happened with David the taking and killing of Goliath Joshua all of his battles the prophets, the coming of Jesus Christ everything that he did healing the sick causing the lame to walk feeding 5000 Rose people from the dead. Rose himself from the dead. Showed his disciples how to do these things. Casting out demons. Paul sending out handkerchiefs and people are healed when they touch them. The list goes on and on, doesn't it? There are miracles in this room. There are miracles watching us by Facebook. There are things that we have all experienced in some way, in some fashion, on some level that a miracle in some way has touched your life. Sermon in a sentence. I'm going to tell you what the greatest miracle is right up front. I'm not going to let you wait, but I don't want you to get up and leave. The greatest miracle, your heart Holds the greatest miracle. Your heart. Here's why. If you look at all of these miraculous things. That have happened in scripture. From Genesis to Revelation. All of the miracles that have taken place in our life. That have touched us in some form or some fashion. Why? Why? Why did these miracles happen? So that people. Us. Us can see God for who he is and trust him. That's it. That's it. God put himself on display at the very beginning in Genesis to have relationship with us. And then we went off course. And from that point on, God is like, I'm going to show The children of Israel. I'm going to show my children who I am. And then he says he's going to send his son. To show everybody else who he is. And so the sick are healed. The lame walk. People who are hungry ate. Why? So that they could see him. For who he is. And know who God is. And so that we could willingly give our heart to him. And say if you do, you're doing these things. If you're doing all of this to take care of us. And to show us that you love us. You can have it. The greatest miracle is the miracle of the heart. Because once we surrender our heart over to God. Then he has it. He holds it. He protects it. He comforts it. He loves it. And we let go. And we surrender. And we surrender. You know, over the last several weeks, we've been talking about our backpacks. We've been talking about all of these things that that we carry, that we put in our backpacks, that, that, that we've put there. And we can look at these things, no matter how big they may seem or how small they may be, and we think at times if I am going to get over my worry it's going to take an act of God and we say that even in jest we say that it's something that quips off of our tongue or it's going to take a miracle for me to get over the regrets that I have and you know what we believe it that it's going to take a miracle We don't believe that it will happen. We don't. So we say it to make ourselves feel better. To at least invite or invoke God in some form or fashion into this craziness or this regret of boulder that I carry, that I have in my backpack. But do we believe He'll take it? Do we believe that he'll walk us through, and this is what we talked about last week. There's an immediate thing, he can remove it like that. Or there's a process. There's been some really interesting things that happened to me in my life. But the majority of the miraculous that I have experienced is on the process side. It just is. We laughed and joked about it last week as far as patience is concerned. It's taken 7 kids and 16 years and I'm beginning to understand what patience might be. But it's a process for me in that case. But see, the more I have surrendered my heart in that area, in that willingness to allow God to shape and mold me in, in, in the area of patience then He uses that for other people to look at and people tell me and this is people tell me ian you're 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 patient you're one of the most patient people i know inside i'm like you have got to be kidding me but god has used my heart surrender as a platform for people to see him in me ian you are patient that's what they say ian you're patient what is patience it's a fruit of the spirit is it not So when they say, Ian, you're patient, what are they seeing? God. Because patience is an outworking of the character of God. So as God has done all of these miraculous things, there's there's reasons, and I I mentioned one of them, there's reasons he's done that. One is to, to grab our hearts. And the second reason is to show himself as the most Powerful, the most supreme, the most authoritative, the most superior to anything in this world. Anything. So the, the burdens that we carry, the temptations that come upon us to, to make us want to hold on to these things or to make us feel like we can't give them up, or we'll never get past that, or that sarcasm that's in our voice when it goes, on it's going to take a miracle to get past this, is not of God. That's why the miraculous of Jesus' 40 days in the wilderness with the devil is so important to us right now. Because the things that make us down, the things that that hold us, the things that that make us feel like we have no power or that we're not able to let these things go is the enemy that is looking to keep you where you are. And Luke 4 tells us in that time with Jesus in the wilderness that he went into the wilderness full of the Holy Spirit. And after his defeat of it, he came out in the power of the Holy Spirit. The same power that's available to you and I once we surrender our hearts to him. It's available to us. But oftentimes we don't look at removing our our hurt or our betrayal or our worry or our anxiety or our loneliness or, or whatever our boulder might be or we don't look at that as a spiritual fight and it is it is and so all of the miracles that we can read through these scriptures all of the miracles that have touched us personally in some form or fashion are designed to invite you into that power to be free to be freed because remember, we need to clean our backpacks out. Just like we need to clean our junk drawers out. We need to clean our backpacks out because there are things that God is is ready to just give us and to put into our backpacks so that we can further live this life that He's designed us to live. So we're making this transition right now of going, okay, we have things in our backpacks, some things we've got to hold on to. All of our gifts, our talents, our portrait, our purpose. We've got to hold on to those things. These others got to go. Because there's things that God is presenting to us and giving to us so that we can step into what he's designed us to be. And it's who he is. Growing in faith. Growing in love. Growing in patience. In peace. Joy. You see, we have extra room in our backpacks right now, but it's not going to have much room as you let your joy grow. Because it's just going to fill your backpack up. Does anybody else feel a tremendous sense of responsibility of going, man, I got a whole backpack full of joy. I'm going to have to give that out to somebody, and I'm kind of scared about that. (laughs) Right? Because you're like, oh no, people don't know me as being so joyful. (laughs) And that's going to change, right? Are we not in the middle of change? It's going to change. In this change, in positioning ourselves to lose these and allowing God to come in in his fashion to remove these things from our lives, we have to have an understanding of where God dwells. And yes, God is everywhere. But Isaiah talks about specifically where he dwells. And he dwells in the Most High. And he dwells with the contrite. The contrite. The the best picture, and I've used this before, but the best picture that I have as far as what contrite is, is if you remember the old pharmaceuticals when they would have the bowl and they would crush the pills. They have this hammer. I'm sorry, I don't remember what they're called. But that is being contrite. If your heart is that pill, crushed. Not destroyed. Broken. Humble. Submitted. Surrendered. It's an admission. God, I'm not patient. God, I've been broken by bitterness. God, I hold these things. I harbor these things in my heart. And I don't want them anymore. Maybe we're at a point of going, you know what? I've got this bitterness and I like it. It's comfortable. This is the way I'm used to life. You can ask God anything. God, give me the desire to not want this bitterness. God, give me this desire to not feel the betrayal. To not hold something against someone else. To remove this grudge. You don't have to wait for this quote-unquote feeling to come over you. Pursue it. Chase after it. When, it's talked, when we talk about David, and he said, David is a man after God's own heart. That word after is twofold. After is not just shaped or molded, at, molded like, but it's pursuit of. Pursuit of. And what, one of the things that I know on my, in my heart that God is calling us to do as His church, especially in these times, is to pursue holiness. Pursue it. Go after it. Well, you know, I don't know what that is. Then ask him. You know, it's one of those things to go. You know, God is waiting to answer our questions. To pursue what it is and who He is. First Peter. First Peter one talks about be ye holy for I am holy. Peter's quoting that out of Leviticus. We're like, well, well I can't be holy. No, it's not what holy's talking about there. It's talking about being mature, being shaped, molded, in pursuit of. Be ye holy. Desire it. Desire holiness. There's a prayer for you. So when you go to bed tonight, ask him for it. Whoa, whoa! I don't know about that, Ian. You get <laughs> what's going to happen? I'll tell you. A loving father is going to hear you ask for that and put you on the path in pursuing it. And your heart will change because even asking for that shows that sign of humbling, of being contrite. And that's where God dwells, is there. So as our hearts shift into this humi- excuse me, humility and this submission and surrender to allow him to do his work in us, then we move with him in this journey. And our life changes. And I've said this before, when our life changes then the lives of those around me change. And then the lives of those around them change. When I shift, there is so much that happens here that God sees this platform for him to dance across. And as he's doing that, the people around me take notice. And what they find out is, you know what, it's something that they've longed for and never times never knew it. But it's answers to their questions. It's answers to your questions. It has certainly been answers to mine. The greatest miracle is the miracle of the heart. Because all of the physical miracles that we have seen and that we have read about are for you. They're for you. They're for you to come. They're for you to walk with Christ. They're for you. They're for your heart. Because he breathed life into your lungs so that he could have relationship with you. And he wants to save us from these things. He wants to save you from these things. These things that are in your backpack that you feel like are just absolutely impossible. It's not. That is a lie from the enemy. It is His desire is to keep you separated and God wants to draw you close. What it all comes down to is a choice. It it all comes down to a choice. Joshua 24. After the battles have been fought, after the land has been taken... Joshua stands up before the people and he says, Choose you this day who you will serve. After all the miracles, after all of the spying out of the land, after all that had happened, after the river jordan had dried up after all of those things that god is just doing time and time again to say i'm with you i'm for you i'll show you how to defeat all these things i'll give you strategies on how to win if you trust me are they seem crazy does it seem like yeah we've got this huge million army you know battalions and and, and all this and and is th- does it seem a little nuts to walk around a couple walls for 7 days yeah church. God is not normal. He's not. He is outside of the box. That's why this is so important. That's why these miracles grab us. Is because God is outside and it's okay to live outside of the box with Him. And after He has done all of these things, after He has, has won the battles, after He has given the land, then He says... Now you get to choose. Choose. You see, that's the free will. Which we all have. At times, unfortunately. But we all can choose. You can choose. He's not going to force it. You can step into it or not. But he's sent you an invitation. He has sent you an invitation. Choose you this day. Choose you this day. Do you want your boulders or not? Well, you know, I don't see how I'm going to get rid of them. That's not up to you at this point. Choose you this day. Make the choice and trust him Father Lord God you have blessed us beyond measure you love us more than we could ever imagine your heart is so for us do we have tough choices yes can we trust you Yes. Have we seen you move miraculously in the past? Yes. Have we read about it for years upon years in your word? Absolutely. Today's the day that we choose. With all that is happening in the world, we know more is coming. Father, our choices... Will allow us to, our choices make us stand on what we've chosen. Father, though we may not see, though we may not understand what you have in store or how you will free us from these things, may we choose to simply trust you. Father, comfort us in our time of choice give us an understanding that we step into freedom and to abundant love and abundant life. Safety and security through the hard times. Father, that we would understand and that we know that you are for us. And Father, I pray that the miracle that you want to do with each one of our hearts is done. And that, Father, we are surrendered to you. We love you, Lord, and thank you for allowing us to even come together today and worship you. In Jesus' name, amen.